Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode of the podcast from P-Town. I am your host, I am not your co-host with a bad cold. Um, it's just me tonight, flying solo. Evidently the co-host left me, and she's on her way to Mexico to meet with Juan Valdez and his donkey. Actually, that's a lie. Um, she had a meeting tonight, and now that she's all big and important... You guys must play second fiddle to her meetings. So, that seems like a great plan to make an award-winning podcast. But nobody asked me. So, uh, flying solo tonight. Going to uh, be boys night out. See what uh, see where this ends up taking us. Probably nowhere except for a bigger drop in the ratings. Um, so, let's get into it. So, first up, uh, the, some, the news correspondent didn't realized that uh she wasn't going to be here tonight and he said first up on the news we need to discuss schrodinger's cat which it's not going to be as much fun now that she's not here so we may save that for next week but if you anybody wants to go out there and research it and find out what happens if you don't know if you're dead or alive until you open the box read about schrodinger's cat um an update or correction, uh, oh, that fentanyl death number we talked about, that was per year, not per day. Um, and then Biden's plan B that we had talked about, it was actually c- citing back to a 1965 uh, law that they had, uh, the Higher Education Act, which basically had a provision in it that they could, uh, it gave the Secretary of Education the right to waive any liens, which basically said that she could do, she could waive all the loans to the government that were for higher education. Um, so that's what that's all about. I remember we weren't really sure on why that was in there. Getting to the new news, though, uh, Bud Light tweeted that there's only eight Sundays till NFL, but who's counting? A user replied, it's been almost four months since Bud Light destroyed their brand, but who's counting? So, yeah, we talk about Bud Light pretty much every week. Oh, by the way, the news is going to be pretty short tonight, too. He messaged me and said that he didn't have a whole lot for the news. Um, Fans are rooting against the the U.S. women's soccer team. They are refusing to sing the national anthem. And former U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, posted on Twitter that the U.S. women's soccer team is living the American dream. They're born in the freest, fairest country in the world that has rewarded their hard work. They should remember that blessing that blessing, and the men and women uh, proudly defending it next time the national anthem plays. So she's kind of coming down on them a little bit as well. Another thing that you guys might be interested in knowing is that the stupid dogs aren't in the house right now either. I took the initiative and went and just put them right outside before I even started recording the podcast so that we didn't have to deal with that. So you can thank me later. Um... And that's pretty much all he has for the news. Uh, pretty quick and dirty there. Uh, Brad Hauser, moving on into deaths, it was 62. He was an American musician. He was with Edie Brickle and the New Bohemians. Um, and Critters Buggin'. Never even heard of any of that stuff. He died of a stroke. Tony Bennett, everybody's heard about that. He's uh, 96 years old. Um... He's, he's saying, uh, I left my heart in San Francisco, rags to riches because of you. Uh, he was a 20-time Grammy winner. He died. 
didn't list a cause of death, but I'm thinking the cause of death is 96. And Bill Getty, 68 years old, was an American television producer. Oh, he was a producer of The View? Huh. He died. Probably died of shame and heartbreak for having created that show. Um, and yeah, that's it for the deaths, too. Uh, we did talk at work today. Obama's uh, chef, their personal chef, died in a paddleboarding incident at um, at uh, Martha's Vineyard. At evidently their private cottage or whatever it is they have up there. He was paddleboarding and he died. Somebody said that he went, fell off the paddleboard or something and looked like he was struggling to come back up and then he went down and they didn't see him again. It's kind of weird. It was only eight feet of water, which, I mean, you could still drown in that, but you'd think he could have grabbed the paddleboard or something and hung on. So I'm hypothesizing that maybe he had something on the Clintons and that's why, because, you know, they're all kind of in that inner circle there and maybe uh he was trying to break out of the inner circle and that's uh they put an old hit out on him so uh there's that but the other thing about that's good about tonight is we're going to for one more week we're going to break away from the song and um we are going to discuss the mysterious case of the cattle deaths and uh the co-host actually told me this morning, she says, maybe tonight would be a good night to do that episode. Then I won't have to be there and listen to it. And um, so uh, I figured, well, yeah, I guess if we're going to do that episode now, it would probably be a good time to do it. But the whole part about I don't have to listen to it, it kind of, you know, cut right to the heart. So uh, I thought she enjoyed the podcast a little more than that, but it is what it is, I guess. We'll all make mistakes. Um, so moving right into this, uh, when, since we had delved into the UFOs, uh, this is actually another, uh, listener request, uh, and it kind of is similar to the UFOs. There is talk about UFOs in this, um, it could go into, uh, the UFOs, the satanic rituals. We even talk about the chupacabra in this one. And, uh, I am going, even though she's not here. I am going to keep it kind of PG-13. We're not going to talk about the blood and the guts and the snot and the bugs and disease running rampant all over the place. We're just going to keep it pretty clean. So um, hang on to your butts and uh, let's dive into this thing. So the very first recorded incident of this phenomena, it actually started all the way back around 1606. Uh, there were cases in London and the surrounding areas that sheep and sometimes the even whole flock had been mutilated. So not just one sheep, the whole flock of them. And seeing how we're in the UK and we're talking about sheep, do you know why British men wear kilts? It's because sheep can hear a zipper a mile away. But you may be thinking uh, that a bunch of sheep died, so what's the big deal? And the big deal is that the only thing missing was their fallow and some of their inner organs, which I think the fallow is like the fat or something like that. And then some of their inner organs, the fleece and the rest of the carcasses uh, were left behind. And the fleece from sheep is obviously used to make clothing, and especially back in that day. So this was kind of a big deal for a while. Uh, you know, they started investigating it, couldn't really find anything. Uh, there are a few cases mentioned in the 1800s and the early 1900s, but nothing too major. And then in the late 1960s and early 1970s, it started to blow up again. 
And this is when ranchers in the Southwest, they started to talk about finding these cattle mutilations. Um, it was basically kind of the same thing that happened in London. And it was uh, that the animals were found dead with missing organs, which I kind of relate it to waking up in a bathtub of ice in Las Vegas and you're missing a kidney. Except the cows, they didn't wake up from this little trip to Vegas. They were dead. Um, but with these cattle, there were no obvious signs of people being around doing this. And so it started to become pretty big news. And it wasn't hundreds of cattle at one time like it was with the sheep. Uh, one of the reports that made national headlines was six cattle. And the other weird thing is that in a lot of the cases, the blood was drained all the way out to the very last drop. But there wasn't any blood in the area. Um, so if you've ever, you know, killed a deer or something like that, it can turn into a pretty big mess pretty quickly, especially if you're going to be cutting out organs and things like that. It's pretty hard to not uh, to keep it all contained inside the cadaver. But it wasn't just a thing in the Southwest. Uh, the reports started coming in as far away as Puerto Rico. Um, and we'll cover that in just a little bit. But also here in the States, it had been reported in uh, Texas, Kansas, Nebraska, even here in Oregon. There's been recent reports of this that we'll cover. And last year, Tucker Carlson actually said that there have been over 10,000 reports in the last 40 years. And again, uh, going back to the deer gutting thing, um, if you're field dressing an animal, uh, you don't always have the best tools at your disposal to make this a real clean job. But uh, with all these cases that they have had reported, they said that, that everything had been done with almost surgical precision. So it was nice and clean, clean cuts, no sawing and hacking and things like that. Uh, the other thing to note, though, too, is it wasn't only cattle or always cattle or sheep. Uh, one of the most famous uh, cases and one of the first ones in the United States was Snippy the Horse. And this happened back in 1967 when a family uh, found their three-year-old three-year-old horse dead, and there was no blood in the area, and the horse's neck and head were defleshed, but not the rest of the body. So, uh, just just the head and the neck area were the only ones that had had the issues. Um, another quick thing too to note that most of the animals are young animals. It doesn't seem like there were any animals found that were old and dying that may have just died of natural causes or something like Tony Bennett. Uh, usually they were five or younger. But this started people looking at UFOs um, due to the precision of the cuts for one. And in the case of Snippy the horse, there were no footprints within a hundred yard radius of the dead animal. So this case, it kind of went viral, as viral as you can go before the internet was around. Um, there were a couple of kids uh, had come out and admitted to shooting the horse, which is fine. They can say that, but it doesn't explain the precision cuts, uh, the strong medicinal odor in the air when they found the animal. Uh, also, there were no prints in the area, but there were the one weird thing was, even though there were no footprints in the area, there were small holes punched in the ground. Um, and similarly, in another case in New Mexico, they found a, de a dead cow. And again, there were no prints, but there were a bunch of, they called them suction cup-like holes in the ground, and they were set up in a, like a tripod configuration, and they extended out about 500 feet from the animal. So, uh, that's all really weird, and that kind of got people headed down the, down the UFO line.
Uh, obviously, there's been numerous lab reports that have been done on these animals after it happened. They did find cases of higher than normal mineral levels in some of their bodies, but again, it wouldn't be really proof of all the other weird stuff that was associated with this. Um, there's also been a lot of people that have tried to explain it away with normal conclusions. Uh, a lot of them obviously point to like normal predators or scavengers, and I can buy into that, but that doesn't do a very good job of explaining the precision of the cuts. Usually if a predator is um, going to kill something, they kind of tear into it, and uh, it's not like they have a precision knife set with them to uh, be doing this type of work. It also doesn't explain how the area doesn't have any tracks or there are certain uh, organs missing, especially too with the tracks thing. If a predator is going to attack an animal, it's going to tear up a pretty good sized chunk of ground right around there. It's not like the animal just falls over dead. Um, so there's kind of a whole lot of things wrong with this theory. Uh, the other part with this is when they talk about these cases, they break up everything to explain it. Um, they say like the removal of the internal organs could be caused by this, which, yeah, that's true. It, that could cause that. And then the precision of the cuts they say could be from the animal bloating and, um, it's skin tearing and yeah, that could be true. Or the missing blood could be that the blood all dried up and so on and so forth. But it doesn't do a really good job of explaining all of them happening together. All of those little coincidences coming together at the same time. On the flip side of it, though, they've done experiments where they have seen this happen on occasion. But it makes the conspiracy theorist in me wonder why it doesn't happen more often. Or why when it does happen, it happens to a lot at a time and then not at all. So it's not like, you know, it just happens every now and then, that type of thing, you know, once a month or something. Um, it just, it seems like it happens to a bunch of animals, and then it doesn't happen to any animals for quite some time, and then it happens to a bunch again. Uh, there's other hypotheses out there on this uh, as well. The uh, famous one is it could be cult activity. A lot of people like to point to the cult thing, and... Not all cults just like to bite the heads off of chickens and pee on the ceiling. Some of them like to steal blood and organs and things like that from farm animals. But again, this explanation uh, doesn't explain there not being any tracks around any of the animals. And it doesn't explain the weird holes in the ground that people have seen uh, around them. Uh, there's other theories that say it's part of a secret government testing experiment to look at diseases in animals and how it could be transferred to humans. Uh, we call this covid but I don't think, really think that the government would do this in secret. They would probably, somebody would know by now what they were doing. Uh, one guy about this, he said that they were doing it to track mad, that they were doing it to track mad cow disease, which is known otherwise as PMS. Um, Again, I don't think this would be done in secret unless, of course, the government officials were dealing with PMS at home and were needing an excuse to get out of the house. Then they might go out at night and do this type of stuff. Uh, then there's always the alien and UFO theory. This is a big popular one, and it's actually kind of one of the ones with the best, uh, with the best explanations. Um, it seems that in one area, the problem got so bad in 1975 that farmers and ranchers, they would create vigilante groups 
to patrol the fields at night because everyone knows that aliens only come out at night. Um, but this would explain why there aren't any uh, tracks around the animals because they come down from above. Um, it would explain the surgical precision. You know, they took the thing up to their little ship and were doing a, uh, certain things on it. Um, it doesn't explain uh, why it doesn't appear that the animals were violated, like the people who have been abducted, like Billy Bob down there in uh, southern Arkansas got pulled out of his trailer. Um, it also doesn't explain that there's no real proof of UFOs. So there's some, um, there's some problems with that one, obviously, as well. One final theory that we're going to go into about this uh, is a little bit out there, and it's it's not direct, directly related to the uh, cow mutilation thing, but it's kind of along the same theme. If you start looking at it, this always comes up, and this is the chupacabra uh, down in Puerto Rico, and it seems like at different points throughout history, they were having a real problem with this mythical creature. And it wasn't only in Puerto Rico, it was in Latin American countries, but it was originally reported in Puerto Rico, and then it moved to other places. And this is kind of their version of Bigfoot, but this animal is a lot more fierce than Bigfoot was. Uh, this one is described as a fanged beast with glowing red eyes that kills, kills animals by sucking their blood. Um, and it seems that there have been multiple cases of people missing animals in these countries that are reported to this chupacabra you can actually look up uh it's <coughs> called the chupas timeline or something like that um that you can find out there but you the other thing too is it's usually a lot of times it's goats with this things it's not always cattle um there have been cows that they have uh attributed to this uh there's also been reports of people seeing these things in their house um in an area where this stuff has been going on one of the uh, reports came from a seven-year-old boy that said the thing was standing on his bed and then on his chest. Oddly enough, he wet his bed that night. Um, but they've the the interesting thing about this is they've actually attributed some of some attacks of animals to this chupacabra thing. So when I read that, it makes me think that they say, "Yeah, this was the chupacabra that did this." Uh, the first case that was actually attributed to the chupacabra was in 1995, and they found eight sheep that had three holes in their chest and were drained of all their blood. Um, and then a few months later, in the same area, a woman reported seeing one of these things, and in that area there were as many as 150 farm animals and pets and whatnot that had gone missing. So that was, uh, was kind of interesting that they've actually... A and maybe that's just their way of saying we researched this and kind of like this podcast we say we researched this and you should take it as truth um but this wouldn't explain all of them going back uh especially to the ones that are here in oregon and this was actually pretty recent i think this happened about two or three years ago and there was a report it's it's actually only about 60 to 70 miles east of where we live here uh, they had a sheriff's deputy respond, and when he got out there, he found that a cow that had been reported two days, uh, had been reported about two days before he actually was able to make it out there, um, that these guys found their cow dead. And he reported that it had a strange cut down its spine, and there was no blood surrounding it, but actually, if depending on when, well, it happened in February, it happened in February, so it wouldn't really 
dried up that quick, I wouldn't think. But after a few days, you know, you may not have found any. But the weird part about this is its left cheek, its tongue, and three of its teats had been cut cleanly off. Uh, what's also strange about this is the eyes. That's uh, usually a part where scavengers or insects seem to go first when something's dead, when there's a dead animal. Uh, they like the good mushiness of the eyes, evidently. It's kind of like a soup to them, something. They'd get some crackers and kind of poke the eyes and get them all and then dip the crackers in it. Uh, they were still there. So the eyes hadn't been uh, pulled out yet. Uh, there were no bullet holes found in the animal, and they actually ran a metal detector over it, and they didn't come up with any traces of metal in it. Uh, you know, it was just dead. Uh, it was located about 200 yards off of a road, but there were no vehicle or human tracks anywhere near the animal, which, again, 200 yards from the road, it could have been shot by somebody running around out there, but they didn't find any bullet holes or anything in it. Um, so, uh, a couple weeks after this, it happened at another ranch, a little farther out, they reported the same thing. And this one, this cow that they found, it had all the hair shaved off its belly, its udder was removed, again, the left cheek and tongue, as well as its sex organs, had been removed. And then, the very next day, another call came in from an, in the area, about another animal, uh, this one, it actually came in as a wolf kill, but it was quickly apparent that this wasn't a wolf kill. This one had some, uh, they said it had some straight incisions made on it, which the sheriff's deputy that inspected that, he said it was kind of odd how straight and precision these incisions were. If it had been killed by a wolf, obviously there would be a bunch of teeth marks in it, but it, these incisions wouldn't be so straight. Um... And again, its left cheek, its tongue, and its udder were all removed again. Um, but this one was missing its left eye, and it was missing its sexual organs. Um, and then there was another one a few days after that, but they this one kind of was described as much of the same. Uh, these cases, they've still gone unresolved, um, although they were just made a couple of years ago. Um, and I know the area where these animals were killed at i've been out there before um and it's you know there's lots of scavengers out there there's lots of coyotes and birds anything time something dies out here there's always crows circling around overhead uh but the animals they didn't appear to have been uh chewed on by scavengers that's the other thing is when you find an animal dead out here and the scavengers have uh gone after it you really know what's happened uh, and there was actually a veterinarian that checked out the animals, and she said that she was at a loss as to what happened uh, to these animals. They still haven't figured out the answer to it. Um, and that's kind of all I have for the cases on this one. Um, I None of them really have an answer. I know that um, a lot of you tune into this podcast so that I can give you an answer to pretty much anything that you may be wondering about, but this time I'm afraid that I may be letting you down. Um, and the other thing too is the FBI hasn't, these a lot of these cases have been reported to the FBI and they kind of dismiss them. They, a lot of people just dismiss them as the whole scavenger theory. One of the places though that I read, they had, a, I think it was a bull died and this bull was like a $6,000 bull. 
you know. So there's people that are losing a, a pretty good chunk of money. You know, if you figure you lose a few cows, um, that's a pretty pretty good chunk of money uh, that you're losing to something that nobody knows why it's happening. And if it was a disease or something, you'd think that with the veterinarians having had checked these things out that they, like I said, they had found some of them that had some higher than normal mineral traces within their uh, systems, but it doesn't explain all the other weird crap that went on. Um, so maybe a rash of them will start happening again and the FBI will look into it a little bit more and then we can uh, follow up on this episode and do another one on it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I had as far as this one goes. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Sorry. Uh, that our co-host doesn't think more of you. I'm kind of amazed that I got through this all on my own because if you were to ride down the road with us, evidently I don't even know how to drive without her helping me out. And right now I'm probably going to turn this off and do a lot of praying that she continues her uh, her record of never having listened to an episode because if she listens to this one, she might not be so happy with me. Um, so... Yeah, hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed this one. She should be back next week. I don't think we have anything planned next week. Here in a couple of weeks, we're going to be not doing an episode because we've got a really hectic week. We've got to take our youngest son off to college where he's going to go play college football. And so um, we won't be doing it because that's the same day that we usually record the podcast. But that's a few weeks out. But between now and then, I don't know that we've got a whole lot scheduled. Like always, if you guys, um, if these have spurred any ideas, send me your thoughts. Send me um, ideas for other um, episodes that we can, that I can uh, work on and get out there. Uh, we should be, we'll probably be back to our regular scheduled program next week. Um, if I had was smart, I would have been doing extra research on those ones, but I'm not smart. And so I didn't get a whole lot of extra research on them because I've been researching these other ones. But anyhow, that's enough rambling. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, podcast from P-Town Facebook page, P-Town Podcast on Instagram, or P-Town Podcast 74 at gmail.com is how you can reach me. And that is it for this one. We will see you guys on the next one. Thanks a lot.